I've had my Rocket R58 for a couple of months now. This week I'm going to tell you what I love and what I don't like so much about this machine. Hello and welcome to uh, the Bean Talk for 24th of May. This week we're going to be doing something a little bit different. I'm flying solo. Uh, normally we do these podcasts on uh, Saturday, but yesterday we were shooting a uh, doing a photo shoot um, actually down in my father's house in London for a Italian coffee company called Bazara. So we'll be telling you more about that. It's going to be really quite an exciting um, announcement, actually, exciting for us and hopefully exciting for some of you. Uh, so this week instead, what I was doing is um, uh, planning to do something for a while, I know, which was review the uh, Rocket R58, which I bought a couple of months ago. I've had a couple of months of use of it. And um, so I thought I'd give you my review. So we're going to get uh, straight onto that before I do. If you like these videos and you want to see more of them, please do think about subscribing. Um, hit the bell button below to get notified when we create new content. And I would also say that uh, you should um, leave a comment or something below because anybody that gets in contact with us, and I'll also leave a link um, in the in the notes below, uh, gets to enter into the competition where we give away a free kilo of beans. Now it is only for the UK at the moment, and I do apologize for that for especially our US listeners. I know we've got uh, quite a few of those, but um, we'll be trying to work on that at some point. If you uh, if you hit the link below and you uh, give us your email address, we will put you automatically into each month's free draw. And we'll be giving away beans every single week, excuse me, every single month. And next month is coming up in a week's time. So we've got uh, the giveaway announced next week, and then uh, we'll be moving on to next month's beans, which is, uh, which is a really great one as well. So do that and let's get on with the review. If you're not familiar with the Rocket uh, group of machines, they're a manufacturer based out of Italy and they're well known for their designs. A lot of people like them for their design style, I suppose, including myself. Um, although that wasn't the reason why I went for one. I went for it for um, an, a number of other reasons, uh, which we're going to cover off in this review. Um, but the style is, is very pleasant as long as you like shiny chrome boxes. If that's not your thing, it's probably not for you. Uh, it comes with two boilers. It's a dual boiler machine. Um, it's got a PID shot timer. Uh, it has a rotary pump, which is very quiet. I have to say one of the most pleasant things about it is just how silent and uh, and quiet the machine is to operate. Um, it uh, means it also can be plumbed into the mains as opposed to being filled from the back. And it can be filled from the back, which is how I'm doing it at the moment. Uh, as I'm moving house in about a month or so's time, it doesn't really make a lot of sense to plumb it in at the moment. Um, it it uh, is a pretty heavy, sizable lump of metal, so you really feel like you're getting your money's worth with it. Um, once it's on the counter, it's not going anywhere. So moving it in and out um, is not much of an option if you're filling up with uh, with water in the back of the tank. If you're comparing this machine to the competition, you'd be looking at manufacturers like ECM with their Synchronica or potentially Lelit with a very popular uh, Bianca that they're selling, I believe, a lot of at the moment. Um, the Profitech Pro 700 uh, or even the 600 now, 
those are the sorts of uh, of of machines at this level. They're all around the same sort of price point. So whether one's a hundred pounds or dollars more or less than the other doesn't really seem to um, move the needle much for me. That wasn't really a, a major factor in my decision making. Um, what really was a factor actually in my decision making was the the place where I bought it and, and making sure that I could get support. That turned out to be a really good move because when my machine arrived, it didn't work and there were some issues with it and having those resolved quickly was um, was uh, was really great and, uh, and and I suppose really validated the reason why I I purchased uh, that machine from the place that I did. Um, so I do think that's possibly one of the more underrated angles when you're looking at m- making a decision uh, to purchase a machine like this is what kind of support are you going to get from the place that you bought it? Too many people, I think, possibly focus just on the on the sticker price. But hopefully you're going to have this machine for a very long uh, time to come. So you want to make sure it's going to be a, a purchase that is going to give you lots of pleasure and, and not as much frustration over those years. When the machine arrived, it came in a large crate. And I don't mean a box. I'm, I mean it came on a pallet uh, in a crate. And it was uh, it was heavy. Uh, I wasn't really sure that I could pick it up. And I'm a, you know, kind of a big guy. And I, I whisked around a little bit. And then the substantially smaller uh, delivery person picked it up for me and put it on my kitchen table. Um, so that was a bit humiliating, really. But uh, once I got over that, which didn't take long, um, unpacking the box was, uh, was, you know, regular kind of experience of unpacking a box, but it had, um, it was nicely packed. I have to say it was also covered in a sort of, um, a sort of felt, uh, um, very nice sort of, uh, case, not case, a very nice sort of cloth to start inside of the main outer crate. Um, there's a, a smaller box tray, which contains your porter filters and manuals and things like that. Now, there's a small amount of assembly that you have to do, and the manufacturers want you to do this because uh, when they ship the box, they, they, there's elements or parts of the machine that are susceptible to breakage or damage in, in the shipping and transit process. So these are the bits that they want you to attach yourself. And there were supposed to be four screws for... Um, for attaching in the, uh, the 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 feet in the um, in the drip tray, and I only had three, and I think part of the reason was the screws were just kind of loosely rattling around inside the inner box. Um, it just seemed bizarre to me, having spent all this money on extra nice packaging, why they didn't why they didn't um, kick out for a, a plastic bag to put the screws in but I was able to pick up another one from the importer and it wasn't wasn't a big deal but it just seemed like a very odd um, oversight anyway the otherwise the um, all the packaging was was really very high quality and the instructions were very clear as well um, there is a, a user manual but there's also a separate um, a single use sort of a document an A4 piece of paper which gives you the instructions on how to get it set up and working and this however was very confusing to me uh, it's not confusing but it is confusing to me because um, when I did it didn't work and I didn't I thought I was doing something wrong in the setup and what wasn't working was the uh, I was putting it up with water and um, the water light was coming on even though there was water in the tank 
I also noted that the tank kind of just had a little bit of movement, a little bit of play when I put it in uh, into the back component. So the, there is a sort of a very durable, um, heavy-duty sort of plastic water tank that slides in and out. So you take the metal lid off and you slide this water tank in and out. And, um, and you can fit it up that way, although the importer and others have recommended to me that you don't take that out. You just take a milk jug and you, um, you pour water into the milk jug uh, and you, you fill it up that way if you're not plugging it into the mains. But, um, but this little play that I had was meaning that the, that the sensors that are in the, the plastic container which, which holds the water were not making contact with the frame where there's another set of sensors. And those sensors detect the level of mineralization, and, and that's how it determines that you've got not just the right amount of water, but you've got mineralized water in uh, in the machine. And um, that was all just very confusing to me. Obviously, you can imagine if you haven't used uh, used the machine before, you don't even know that there are these sensors that exist, and you start to do what everyone does, which is look up on the internet, and you get all sorts of wrong information about how you've got to try this kind of water or that kind of water and i tried all sorts of different kinds of water and it went nowhere i was convinced in the end um but it took me probably about an hour maybe two hours of playing and talking to people to determine that actually probably the machine's got a fault and um and to to take it back to the importer now the importer for me just lives down the road so it's very handy uh, i think i'm not quite sure what would have happened if i had had that issue and, um, you know, and I wasn't near uh, where it was shipped from. And that's the sort of, I suppose that's the sort of uh, calculation you need to factor when you're, when you're considering your purchase. Um, if something like that had happened, from the importer's point of view, it's very likely to be uh, you doing something wrong. You know, that's, that would be my default position and default thought process as well would be, I'm not there, I can't see it, I'll ask a few questions, but probably he's doing something wrong um, that doesn't sound right. Uh, in fact, when I went down to the importer and then I showed him the machine, he, he looked a little bit suspicious, and when he went through it, he did say, wow, I've actually n never had this before, this is the only one, so lucky me. Um, but, uh, but that is a factor to consider. Um, what kind of your what kind of support you're going to get from it? Now, what he did in order to remediate the situation was he he took out some of the screws at the bottom plate and just moved the the, the bottom plate a, a little bit so it's in a better position. Then rescrewed it back down again, and it fits like a glove. And I've never had a problem since. But you know, it's just one of those things that again you don't expect to happen. And if it does happen, you want to be uh, you want to be prepared. So I strongly recommend you don't go back and listen to the um, episodes where I slated the Rocket R58 for having an external attached uh, menu. I, I can understand why I thought that in the past, um, but the practice of actually using it has been, I'd say, about 90%. It's 90% there. And there's 10%, which I still do find a little bit frustrating. And that's the, the cleaning of it. it. It can get speckled in coffee and then you try to clean it without touching the menu. Um, but actually, it, it works incredibly well. It's a very well thought out menu. It's just incredibly simple. Uh, and it only takes a few touches. You can work it out. You don't really need a manual at all. Uh, it's incredibly simple to use and, and very convenient. And I, I, I love it. Um, the only thing I would say is that when you set the temperature for uh the boiler 
and let's say you're setting your temperature for 94 degrees for coffee um, that's how you're going to brew your espresso at 94 degrees and if you're waiting for the machine to warm up I uh, then you'll be a little bit you'll be a little bit um, uh, uh, confused when it goes to 94 degrees quite quickly and you make a coffee in it and it's not as hot as you as it said it was and of course the whole machine has to warm up and so the 94 degrees is the temperature at the boiler I guess that's where the PID must be attached but um, you have to do a little bit of common sense calculation to make sure that the the whole machine is warmed up and being an E61 group head there's all of the you know the talk about cooling flushes and things as well that you need to take into consideration certainly that is something that you do have to factor in um, according to my experience but it's not the end of the world uh, I think that um, overall it's a really well thought out uh, really thought out menu one of the main benefits as well with the menu is the ability to to set a timer on and off twice a day and um, it was the simplest thing in the world to set up it was like this is a master class for other companies and, and how to do this forget about all these complex function operations and things like that um, this thing you you set up one day you say come on at this time go off at that time do you want to do another one come on in the afternoon and go off at this time of day and then you copy it and and you just copy that to the other days and, and you're done and you never touch it again and never think about it and you go down in the morning and the machine's all heated up and warm and the cup warmers warmed all the cups and it's it's a beautiful experience it's well done the drip tray is pretty good it uh it seems to to hold quite a fair amount of um of waste it also can be plumbed in um which i'm not quite sure how that's going to work exactly but i've seen the instructions for it and i'm looking forward to getting that in at the new place and um and uh and not emptying the drip tray again because it's still a pain in the ass whichever way you look at it i love the cup warmer there i said it i i i love the cup warmer I don't think that um, people really appreciate uh, how important it is that a cup warmer warms the cups. Um, if you're unfortunate enough to be using uh, those machines with um, the uh, heating coils uh, that just have a pretend cup warmer and the cups are not warm at all, uh, you won't know what I'm talking about. And if you've used some of those smaller machines, like I used to like the Gagia Classic Pro, which I still love, um, the cup warmer on the top of that sort of it's a bit of an effort it's a bit of a show it's a bit of a you know we had we'd had we tried <laughs> but it doesn't warm the cups not really um this thing does it warms it like my my machine at the shop did and and uh, so that combined with the time you come down in the morning and i've got enough for three or four cups on the top there which is you know enough for me to screw up a few coffees and still have a, a warm cup i can use and um and it's just fantastic i absolutely love it great job one thing i did do um and i didn't do this right away and i kicked myself and i should have done it right away is i put a, a sort of a, a silicon rubber uh mat on the top we obviously holes in it so that so that the the hot air can come through it's not trapped never put anything on the top that traps those those holes and never put anything on the top where stuff can fall down those holes either because that'll just go inside the machine, rot your machine on the inside. But this little rubber mat just means you can put the cups on there and you're not going to scratch that beautiful chrome surface that you spend ages cleaning. So the steam wand on this is um, is fine. <laughs> Next, I mean, I, I don't want to say about it. Um, it's good that it's got with two holes and four holes. I actually have to admit I haven't tried the four holes. Uh, I should probably put 
should put that on there because I don't make that many, um, I don't froth that much milk. And so when I do, maybe having the power would be fun. Um, but uh, the truth of the matter is I don't mind waiting a few extra seconds and um, it gives me a little bit more control over over my milk if I'm screwing it up to begin with. Um, I have a, an opportunity to adjust with the two holes and uh, and it takes about, I don't know, 20, 20, 20, 25 seconds to steam a reasonably large jug of pitcher of milk. Um, so it does the job. It makes very good quality steam milk. Um, and uh, and I don't think there's a lot more you can say about it. It's a reasonably cool touch wand. I'm not quite sure. There's a little bit of controversial labeling. I mean, cool touch means that, um, well, there's cool touch and there's, there's anti-burn or something. But basically what it means is that the bottom tip of the steam wand um, shouldn't get encrusted. So one of the problems, of course, you've got if you don't remember to purge your wand immediately after steaming milk, is that um, the milk can can stick, can burn and stick to the tip of the wand, which is not what you want. So you, you want that anti-burn, but it's also reasonably cool touch as well. Um, it's the same as not true of the of the um, the hot water outlet. So if you're making americanos and you're using that boiler for um, for putting hot water into a cup, uh, I found out the hard way that that's not cool touch. Um, so, uh, and, and they both do their jobs. Okay. The, the steam wand, uh, and the, um, the hot water, uh, uh, the hot water dispenser, both are controlled with these, these, these twiddly knobs. I don't like twiddly knobs. And, and if I was doing this, if I was steaming every day, I, pro- I mean, this could be for me, this could be, this could be, uh, a showstopper. You have to turn those knobs quite a lot to get um, to get uh, steam going, or hot water going. The hot water doesn't seem to bother me so much for some reason, but the steam, you kind of want to have that very quick control, and you don't. You're turning it a lot, you know, 360 degrees or more one way to to get to get power out. I much prefer to have a lever to control my steam. And if I was steaming a lot of milk with this, I would probably be frustrated, if I'm honest with you. Even the design of the the twiddly knob, which, by the way, actually does feel a lot better than it looks in the pictures. In the pictures, it looks like a very nasty, hard plastic. It's not. It's actually quite a nice uh, feel to those um, to those those knobs. But turning it as as, as much as you have to I don't understand that. Maybe someone can explain it to me um, as to why that gives more fidelity. But if I was going to use a knob, I'd like one that would come on in a quarter of a turn or a, a half a turn, but not sort of two or three full turns to get the steam going, which seems very, very odd. All along this journey, I said I really wanted to get a machine with flow control. And, um, and then I bought one without flow control, um, which just goes to show, you know... <laughs> that I'm fickle but actually uh, other priorities came to the forefront and they and they convinced me they being the priorities in my head um, convinced me that I didn't I didn't need the flow control wasn't as important as the other things that I've mentioned here that that there were positives Um, but interestingly as I look at it now my workflow in the morning as I examine how I do things I, I realized that 
I would not be able to really make use out of it. Not at this time in my life. Um, because I, I work long hours and I get up early in the morning and I really want my coffee at that time. If I had my morning clear, or even if I had it, I don't know, 30 or 40 minutes every day clear, that I can make a window to say, I'm just going to, for these beans that I've got this week, I'm going to just play and, and not, you know, I, I don't need the coffee. I'm just going to go and play and, and see what results I could get from it then it would be a lot of fun. I'd love to do it. I really would. And maybe that's someday that that's what I will do. But for right now, I wake up in the morning, I have a routine that I go through and I don't have 30 or 40 minutes uh, extra in the day. So I just want to be able to make myself a coffee and I want it to be great, but I don't want to play around with it. But what also is that I, I get different beans pretty much on a weekly basis. And so, you know, having a having a bean dialed in there's there's, a, there's enough work going in to getting those beans dialed in perfectly and still being able to enjoy the coffee before i get the next round of beans in uh, that it doesn't make any sense to then add another layer of complexity onto it for me anyway um, but it's something i look forward to doing in the future so a tiny little niggle one of the things i don't like about the machine is the pre-infusion mechanism there's no feedback when you've got your porter filter uh, installed locked in and you lift the lever up if you lift the lever up and you don't put any pressure on it you get a little bit of pre-infusion in fact you lift it up and you put a little bit of pressure on it you get some 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 water coming out um, but uh, you lift it too high and you engage the pump and so it's sort of like, you know, there's this little bit of, I don't know, dead man's area in between you feeling like you need to lift it a little bit higher to make sure that the pre-infusion is coming through, but not so much that you engage the pump. And that's the terrible design. You should know um, that you're getting pre-infusion. Either something should say on the display um, or there should be a click or something to give you some feedback that the pre-infusion is happening. So that's something I definitely don't like. That's probably one of the things that bothers me the most. Even though I, I actually now I've got myself trained and I know and I, I know it's happening, it bothers me the most that I still don't have any kind of physical confirmation that the pre-infusion is happening. And that, that's, that's, um, that's definitely a negative. So let's talk about cleaning the machine. And I'm not talking about um, cleaning the uh, cleaning the head, you know, going through the maintenance type cleaning. I'm talking about just polishing the outside of the machine. Uh, we need to talk about it because you're going to be doing it a lot. And if that's going to bother you, then this is not the right machine for you. And I probably would dare say that none of the machines that are chrome and shiny are good for you. Um, but the you know when they are polished, they do look fantastic. Um, how easy are they to clean? That's the question. How easy are they to clean? And the answer is so-so. I mean, there's areas that are on the side, for example, that are dead simple and very satisfying to clean. But obviously on the sides is not really where the coffee splashes. And the coffee does splash. Um, that outlet exhaust from the, uh, from the, the solenoid valve, um, when that shoots water, it's sort of a, I don't know, half an inch or so above the drip tray and it just goes, it just blatters it like a very splattery thing all over the drip tray that splashes up on the back of the, 
of the machine. And really, ideally, from a design point of view, they would have chosen to put the um, the, sort of the rocket logo just somewhere. I know it looks great where it is when it's shiny, but what happens is, is it, it all of the splattering goes on the manometers and on the and around the rocket logo that's sort of not embossed what's the right word there's a it's sort of it's it's bolted on or whatever um, but it stands out from the the back of the machine is what i'm trying to say as it protrudes and so you have to get in around all those little corners and they're covered and they get caked in in coffee and to make this more interesting um you have to get your hand behind the sort of the group head and the exhaust valve which are all piping hot so you've got this combination of trying to to clean lots of angles with the very small space that you can get your fat fingers in uh, when your fat fingers get burned which teaches you for having fat fingers uh, and so that's basically what happens um, and I don't really mind it <laughs> I don't know why I quite enjoy it most of it it'd be here I think the the bit with the around the logo around the rocket thing is a bit annoying um but uh i don't really mind going around with my little rocket rag they give you a rocket rag uh which is a sort of a microfiber cloth and um and carefully cleaning and polishing everything it comes up lovely and it's a very satisfying thing to do it's a bit meditative um but if that if that's not your thing then this is not a machine for you um, but I would say, I would ask the question why they have the exhaust, no, why they don't make it just a little bit lower. I'm sure they can work it a, a way to, to fit into the drip tray so that it doesn't hit the top of the drip tray, it goes into the drip tray. I mean, wouldn't that be an, an innovation? So is there a conclusion to this? Do I have a, do I have a recommendation for you? Um, I might recommend that you go through the same torturous process that I went through and uh, there's no cheating no cheating allowed you have to do that um no i don't think anyone can tell you what machine to buy i i am very happy with it i'd probably be very happy with lots of other machines too but i think there were also a few machines i don't want to name them i think there were a few machines that i'm glad that i didn't buy um but there were there were also quite a few other ones that i think i'd be very satisfied with as well i am very happy with the rocket uh, I would have no problems buying another rocket, except for possibly being inquisitive as to what other ones were like. But um, if you're thinking of getting uh, a machine that at this price range, um, and you're wondering, is it going to make much better espresso or coffees than a machine at half the price or you know $500 or $1,000? Um, I'd say, yeah, it, it probably is. Uh, for me, certainly moving from the machines that I've been trying before, I had a Gaggia Classic Pro for a couple of years, and I've um, obviously used a number of commercial machines as well, but that's kind of a different scene. I uh, used a number of the Sage and Brevels uh, from the highest, pretty much at the highest end all the way through to the cheapest end. Um, and there is a very substantial marked improvement in the taste of the coffee the, the quality of the coffee that you can get out as well as the experience in using it i like how this machine feels i like how it feels to touch i like how it feels to interact with the use of materials 
Um, everything about it speaks speaks quality. It's heavy and durable. Everything locks together in a very comforting and secure way. When you spend this much money on a machine, you really want to feel like it's going to last a few years and then some. So the the Rocket R58, it has that, I don't know, that sort of very high quality build around it that is just impossible to fake. You can fake it in photographs, but not when you're interacting with a machine. This is a machine that really feels like it's used premium materials. It's so easy to get hung up on all the technical specifications, but at the end of the day, the experience of using the machine is so much of the um, the, the value for me. And the way I interact with this machine makes my morning a pleasure. So if you've made it this far, congratulations. You're obviously a masochist. Uh, next week, tune in because we are going to be announcing the winner of the Kilo of Beans. If you have not um, applied for that, you can use our application form. I think you just like the video. Go follow us on Instagram, message us. Just get in touch with someone. Say, hey, I'm here. Um, then we will enter you into the drawer. If you go to the link in the show notes, there will be a place uh, where you can fill out the form and um, get on our mailing list, basically. Uh, we don't spam anybody, but we just make sure that you get notified and you get put in the drawer each uh, each month. So UK only, uh, no, no purchase necessary, as I'm supposed to say. You just uh, put your name in the bag, put your name in the hat. We'll draw it out next week. We'll announce the winner next week and we'll also announce what we're going to be doing for next week's giveaway. So have a great week and uh, I'll catch up with you then.